0: I identified really early on at a young age that money wasn't the root of all evil, the lack of it was. And I have a bit of a saying, I say, stop buying your kids shit that you never had and start teaching them shit that you never learned. Welcome to the Dream Out Loud family, where
1: young entrepreneurs come to learn the tips, tricks and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan T. Nelson, a former carpenter who created financial freedom by the age of 23 and have since spent my time traveling around the world living my dream life, inspiring, educating, and teaching other young people how they can do the same. Each and every week, I'll bring you the most epic guests who are going to share their stories, wisdom, tips, and tricks on how they've been able to create a life by design. Here at Dream Out Loud, we're committed to help you inspire and educate you to be able to execute your full potential. Okay, guys. Today's guest is ranked as the number one financial broker in all of Australia in 2019, 2021, and in 2022. He is the CEO of Infinity Group, which helps everyday people minimize their debt faster, achieved financial freedom faster, and is also known as the money mentor. Coming from a small town in Australia as a housing commission kid, being raised up by his grandparents, he was able to see a life that he knew he didn't want when he grew up. Getting into a career in finance at just 18 years old and spending 10 years working for one of the biggest banks in Australia, he was able to spot loopholes and see the secrets that the big banks didn't want the everyday person knowing. And he set out to rattle the cage and teach everyone, everyday Aussies how to break the chains of the big banks and teach them things that the banks really didn't want them knowing. So please... Help me welcome the guy who went from stocking shelves at Big W at 15 years old to now the CEO and founder of Australia's largest and best-reviewed financial broker and education platform that is getting thousands of everyday people closer to financial freedom, plus having now shared the stage with people of the likes of Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk, Richard Branson, Robert Kiyosaki, and so many more, my friend, Mr. Graham Holm.
0: Wow. Well, uh, you did well to nail that one, mate. Now I've got to uh, live up to the introduction. <laughs> that was uh, that was lit. Well done.
1: <laughs> you know, I pretty much failed English in school, so every single time I do it, the hardest part of every interview is reading the freaking bio. I'm like, okay, now I can relax.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you did well and, and fuck school. I mean, the memorization <laughs> of answers of textbooks is not a fucking education, so 100%. we'll throw that one away. So. You've nailed that.
1: Dude, what I love though, when I was putting together this bio... I was like, this is really cool. And that's why I put in there, I was like, you learn all these things working for the big banks. And then you come out to literally rattle the cages.
0: Well, I wouldn't say rattle the cage. I'd say fucking destroy the cage and (laughs) rebuild it for people. Like, literally, like, destroy yeah. it and rebuild it.
1: I want to dive into that because it, it sounds like you're probably not a very liked person by the banks, or are you?
0: Yeah, one of my favorite hashtags is FTB, which stands for fuck the banks. So, if you're watching ConBank, Theft Pack, any of those idiots, hey. Um, so, you know, I really do have, you know, like, look, they've got an agopoly. Like, there's four of them, like, there's four big banks, and we think we get this amazing deal. So, but we don't. We get bent over, pardon me. But we don't get a good deal, and then we go through life, poor family, on a spin cycle in a washing machine or a clothes dryer, wondering why we're struggling so much.
1: So, how is it the banks that make it hard for people?
0: Marketing departments number one, and then you've got lamestream, sorry, mainstream media. So the lamestream media do a, a really good job, and let's just say that the banks and the media, everyone's got their agenda and their role to play, and they've got to report to shareholders, but. They market things that appear to be so easy to understand and so cool and so beneficial to us. But when you go into a bank and they give you product A and product B and you don't know any different, they're going to glam up and sell you the product that probably makes them the most money for shareholders. Yeah, There isn't a product that makes you money. Yeah. You only pick an A or B. It's like you go and buy a shirt, it's large or extra large. It's not tailored. Mm-hmm. So they do a really good job to market to us and manipulate us. So... For
1: the people listening to this, they're like, oh, I'm getting manipulated by the banks. Is every single person getting manipulated or is it just people if you go to get mortgages and loans and stuff?
0: I believe selling is serving, right? So yes, the banks are selling a product. They're providing a service. There's a solution there. You want to buy a home. You saved up a deposit. It's taken you years and years. You got there. It's exciting. They're solving a problem. They're selling you a product and a service to, to, to leverage and be able to get that home and pay it down. My issue with it is that it doesn't take... 30 years to pay a home loan off because the bank said it does or society says it does. You can do it. The record I have in Australia for a client is 1.4 years. I've got a family in Sutherland, like Craig and Kim, every day Aussi- Aussies paid $595,000 off in four years and four months. Like every day Aussies in his pluggers, goes watch the footy. Yeah. So to say that you're given a product that you should follow the rules over 30 years is bullshit. Why isn't there a five-year or ten-year loan?
1: Because the longer it is, right, more interest and blah, 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 blah. So it's like renting a car. The
0: longer around. you rent a car, the best to know you rent a car, it's really <laughs> expensive. When you rent a car, when you travel, you try to rent that car as short as possible, right? Yeah. Or, oh, I'll get an Uber, i walk. The longer you rent it, the dearer it is. The longer you have the loan, the fucking dearer it is.
1: What are these people, just eating baked beans and ramen noodles for... Well, like uh,
0: years, I or? mean, I, I grew up as a house eating mint six different ways and I've got a red-hot two-minute noodle cookbook, <laughs> cookbook if anyone wants a so copy. that's your strategy? You give no, them. <laughs> no. Look, I mean, most of my clients are eating out and dining out and living right. a really comfortable life, but we're also busy mm-hmm. and, you know, mostly living in the metaverse on these things and we're just consumed in the metaverse, but we're so busy being busy, but we're not actually executing. And I find a lot of people tap taparoo and live in a zoo, yeah. so to speak, if you actually take the time to go, well, I need X amount of money to eat out, I need X amount of money for fuel or if you're driving an EV for your, your electricity. But, you know, if you actually break down what you need, not what you want, what you need to function each week, put a plan in place and stick to it, you'll smash it financially.
1: So when you take on a new client, because we're talking a lot and we got so much talk about, it. we are talking about before we started here, right? But when you take on a new client, what are the main things... You look at how they're spending money, I'm assuming is one. What are the other areas you're looking at?
0: How they're spending their money, where they're spending their money. The biggest thing around it is the psychology of money. We were talking before we yeah. jumped on around people's mindset and belief system. Australia has this tall poppy issue. It's bad to make money. It's Fuck. bad to get ahead. Like, you're fucking dodgy. It's not. Like, don't doesn't everybody deserve to win? Mm. Don't you want to see people around you win? So one of the biggest things is why you spend the money you do, and where people don't think about that. Like I've got a client very near and dear to me. They went from thirty-seven thousand dollars of debt, credit cards, personal loans, fucking financially fucked. They paid that off in nine months, and now they've got thirteen properties. Shit. In six years. Six years. 13 six properties. years. Thirteen properties. Now thirty-seven thousand dollars of debt is because the wife, and I'm not being sexist here, but the wife admits to it, she was actually buying brand new shoes every week.
1: Wow.
0: Right? Now I'm talking two Blue pairs top. of Nikes. No, just Nikes, runners. Like Nikes. tags still on them, Jordans, wow. you know, TNs, 27 C whatever they were, and she'd buy two, three Her whole pay would go on shoes. Mm. But it's because she grew up in South Africa with no shoes. Right. So when you actually break down and pull apart, you know, pull back the curtain. Why are you spending money on shoes? And that lady shares, well, yeah. I grew up with hand-me-downs with holes in them. When I had, was fortunate enough to come to Australia and help provide for my family, I never had my own shoes. Yeah. So it took her quite a bit of work to realize that it wasn't about the shoes. It was about how she grew up.
1: Yeah. So the main wealth strategy you're using is property, right? So it's essentially helping people get clear on their money, budget and get into property. Yeah. For me
0: personally, the money I make in business is an amazing tool. Yeah. The money I make in business, I put into property. Yeah. And for me, it's tangible. It's real. It's bricks and mortar. You know, you can see it, touch it, feel it. You can insure it. Whereas for me, I don't need shares in Apple or Facebook if the world shits the bed. Mm -hmm. And that's proven. Look, property and shares will do the same thing over 100 years, 50 Mm -hmm. years. It's proven. But for me, I like things that I can understand, I can touch, I can see, I can feel, and I'm a bit more in control of.
1: Yeah. Do you invest in shares and stuff or just property?
0: Not really. For me, it's just property. I'm not diversified across stocks and all that sort of stuff. Just property because that's what I understand. And I think it's important people stick to what their personal circumstances are, what they're comfortable with. They need to have a certain level of understanding before they go and throw their life savings into something. If you don't understand it, you probably shouldn't do it. There's a lot of trust involved in money. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I want to talk about, you know, you're talking about the lady who buys shoes every single week because that was her story, I guess. That's her program. She that had, was a
0: story to herself,
1: yeah. Yeah, growing up. So I'm curious to know what stories and programs did you overcome to get to where you are now? You grew up in oh, housing commission. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. Parents.
0: Six-month-old baby, broken nose, domestic violence victim from father, tried to kill mom, all sorts of nasty stuff. Where did. No, no, my, my, my father, Your yeah. father, okay. Yeah. Just so, clarify that one. Yeah, yeah, not me. So, you know, so I was a little six-month-old baby with a broken nose <laughs> right. and beat up and all sorts of medical problems and mum beat up and so that was pretty rough and spent a fair time moving around and then I was fortunate and blessed enough that my grandparents helped raise me while mum worked multiple jobs. So, I've had a bit of a, an old soul or old school upbringing, yeah. you know, from my grandparents while mum was always working. And I had a few adopted parents as I got to about nine. I started playing soccer. I was fortunate enough to go on and represent Australia. And so, for me, pretty rough upbringing. I used to say the first thing I learned to do in the Housing Commission estate was run because they'd chase you, beat you up for your shoes or whatever it was. It was pretty yeah. rough. And then the second thing I learned to do after I learned to run was fight, fight yeah. or protect yourself anyway. I couldn't fight for shit. So, you know, it was a pretty rough upbringing, but I identified really early on at a young age that money wasn't the root of all evil, the lack of it was. And I have a bit of a saying, I say, stop buying your kids shit that you never had and start teaching them shit that you never learned. Because we have this tendency to try to solve things with money. Had a bad week at work, let's go buy grog, dinner, clothes. Oh, I feel really good. It's like bipolar budgeting. It's really manic. We feel really bad about something, so we give ourselves something to feel better. Then next week, we have to pay for that shit. Mm. Then when we can't afford it, we feel really bad. And that manic cycle gets worse and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So... I had a pretty rough upbringing and realized that, you know, money was the cause of a lot of problems in families' lives. And so for me, it was like, we don't have it. We don't understand it. How do I learn about it? How do I help other people learn about it? So now it's like my, my little mission statement, FTB to fuck the banks is like, they're pretty much most of our Australian economy. Like they're a huge part of the stock market. They're a huge employer. You know, they make billions and billions of dollars of profits that make me sick. Like, we can redistribute some of that profit into mum and dad's pockets. Mm. They can still make a profit and be an ethical business. But if they made $10 billion and we could drop that down to $2 billion or $1 billion, what could everyday Aussie families do with $9 billion they took back and spread that across the country?
1: Yeah. So you got into finance when you were 18, right? 18,
0: That's yeah. So right. school, first job was stacking shelves at Big W, yep. night feel after school, outside of soccer training, and then at... Got my license and delivered pizzas for it was called Pizza Haven back then in Wollongong. I remember,
1: I remember old Pizza Haven.
0: Yeah, Pizza Haven, blue and yellow logo. Yeah. So Pizza Haven, stacking shelves till midnight, then going home, sleep, get up, go to school, stack shelves, go to soccer, then deliver pizzas, then referee soccer, and so fourteen nine months, so fourteen years old nine months. Mum was like, "You got to get a job." Yeah. I, I can't. I can't do this on my own. You have got to get a job. So I've always understood the value of a dollar. And, you know, a a fair day's work for a fair day's pay. You know, it's like we heard quiet quitting recently. Like that scares the hell out of me. It makes me feel sick. It's like if you have a crack at life in Australia, you'll do all right. Yeah. But if you woe is me and cry me a river, you'll stay where you are.
1: The problem with Australia is like you can have a good life here and have a great life compared to others. What do I mean? Like you can have a seven out of ten life here, have a – random ass job let's just say a receptionist you can be a receptionist make 900 bucks a week grand a week you can live in a nice home here on the gold coast share it, rent it with your friends have a brand new car that you pay off go out to kelly beach club every single weekend and on instagram it looks like you got a fucking great life and then you go to that job again that you hate and then they can just recycle it so they'll never get anywhere in life but that's the problem i think it's what traps so many people is because it's not shit enough for them to drastically wake the fuck up and go this sucks it's
0: they've so aesthetically them. it's great yeah. on social media. Yeah. Fuck influencer. I call that all the gear and no idea. <laughs> all the gear and no idea. All the gear and yeah. no idea. You know, you look great, they're buff or they're healthy or fit. Yep. Yeah. They've got the nice car that's gym rented. Membership. Yeah, the gym members. They've got the French Bulldog, they're down <laughs> the beach, they look like the perfect couple. I'm a personal trainer, a DJ, I'm an influencer. Yeah. That's a very gold coast typical life. Mm-hmm. Um that I see a lot. But it's not a life.
1: Yeah, because it's here they can do that and it's they're not struggling. No, I think that's the problem. Not it's struggling. affordable
0: to live yeah. in Southeast <clears throat> Queensland.
1: You can have a seven out of 10, but here's the thing. If it ever dropped to a 6 out of 10, that's when they're like, fuck, 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 fuck. No spending for a bit and then they get back up and then it's it's good again. But you compare it to like Americans. Americans are hustling. I very rarely meet someone who just has one job in America if they're working. It's like, I have two jobs.
0: And they're mostly commission only. Yep. Most of them are commission only. They only pay a couple of bucks an hour, if at all. Yep. They are hustling. They're working hard, multiple jobs, crazy hours yeah. to make ends meet. Here, it's like, oh, the weather's bad. I can't come to work today. Yeah. Or my boss spoke to me in a deep tone. I'm really <laughs> upset about that. Like, I just, I fucking don't understand it anymore. Yeah, I, I really, I'm I really, we're pretty woke these days. It scares the hell out of me. I don't know what we'll be like in 10 years time.
1: It's fucking wild. But, like, that, that's, like, for the, for the people that are listening to this, they have the desire to get to that 8, 9, 10, uh, like, mm. 10 out of 10 life. But I want people to understand every single day when they're looking at, like, so when they're listening to this, like, oh, okay, I could stop buying shoes every day, every mm. weekend, or I could stop doing this. You weigh it up constantly with being, like, okay, what do I want now versus what do I want in 10, 20 Eight's years? Once. So what's your best advice for those people that are, like, to switch in that frame of mind, delaying gratification mm. and doing what they need to do now. Hey, what's up, Dream Nation? It's Morgs. I've got a question for you. What would have changed in your life if you had access to this content and this wisdom when you were in school? Just imagine the difference in the results that you'd have today. Look, I'm building the number one personal development platform that we all wish we had access to at a younger age and I'm bringing you the real stuff that we all know we should have learned in school. I'm committed to bringing you the best guests and the best value on the market at absolutely zero cost every single week. You see, many podcasters rely on running ads to fund their show and that's just something that we don't do because I want this to be ad-free. So instead, this is my little plug to just ask you for your support. This show is only spread by word of mouth. So by subscribing and sharing this episode with your friends, it allows not only the listeners but also the impact to grow. So please, if you could take a screenshot of this episode and go ahead and share it on your social media and tag me, it would mean the world to me and together we would be making a collective impact and helping people learn things that they should have learned in school. And while you're at it, make sure that you're subscribed so you get notified every single time I drop a new episode so you can keep on sharpening your mind. Alright, now let's get back into it
0: i give everyone a guarantee that's tuning in listening. I guarantee I could find you 50 bucks a week if I went through your bank statements. Minimum 50 to 100 bucks a week. Yeah. That's two and a half to five grand a year cash. What would you do with two and a half or five grand right now? Some people buy a new iPhone. Some people get new Louboutins. I don't know, more fake it till you make it shit. I'd right? all yeah. the gear, no idea. Yeah. If people were smart, you only save for investing's sake. You don't save for saving's sake. So how do you create a life that most people dream of? And that's not that hard. I can tell you, statistically, it takes three years. Anybody with three years of balls to the wall, of just full immersion, busting their ass, watching every dollar, I call it CDO. I don't know if you've heard of that before, but I'm CDO. It's OCD in alphabetical order. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're CDO and you give every dollar a purpose... And you're meticulous about what you're doing and the leakages. A client, they go to Guzman Gomez. Have you been to Guzman Gomez? The
1: Cali burritos are too good.
0: Yeah, but do you know how much a Guzman, Guzman yeah. Gomez meal costs compared to a McDonald's Happy Meal?
1: On Uber Eats, it's about 23
0: bucks delivered. 23 bucks? It's fucked. Five yeah. days a week? Yeah. Okay, so you're talking about 115 odd bucks a week. <laughs> yeah. If you were just to have that for dinner every night, there's five grand a year on fucking burritos. Now let's add coffee in the morning. You see, like, I challenge people to actually record or write down in their notes on their smartphone every dollar you spend. Or use an app. Use technology. Like, there's some really cool apps out there. Like, think about what you're spending and have a little financial conversation with yourself. I was divorced in 2012. I got married, divorced, exactly you like, really messy, right? Yeah. And come out of that, it was a really, really low point. And my wife, Narebik, absolutely fucking amazing, way smarter than me. We had nothing. We had debt. Only a quarter of a million dollars of debt I come out of that relationship with. Wow. And that was 2012. And I don't say this to be facetious, but 2016, we bought a $6.15 million house. Yeah. And I did it from zero to hero, shit house to penthouse.
1: So what happened? So we're back up with it because you just says like three years completely changed your life around. I want mm. to ask you if you were to start again right now. Mm. So if you were someone who's, you got the job. You make, you know, good job. What, what would you do? What does those first three years look like? What are your first three years from that? that yeah, like so for you?
0: us, it was funny. We went off social media for three years. Right. We just shut ourselves out from the world, bar our nearest and dearest intimate friends and family we could count on one hand. Yeah. Friends and family, family on one hand, friends on the other. Blocked out the noise and all we did was work, plan. And we came up with innovative award-winning products and solutions that we actually tested ourselves. So try test measurement. What do we need right now? We want a home. We want a nice car. We want to provide for family when they're sick, all these sorts of things. So we reverse engineered it. We put it on a whiteboard and we sp- literally spent months trying to figure out how to get there as quick as possible. Yeah. And that's the business we've built today.
1: Did you build the business? Oh, because you weren't you've had this business for a while haven't you when yeah that when it started? yeah
0: late 2012 early 2013 so, so that's when we kicked off was this. the business was an evolution of solving our own problem right so we that's what i love though so you
1: started a business so you were like fuck i mean two hundred something thousand
0: dollars a day Two hundred forty-eight thousand, give or take this is what
1: i love and i want people to get because you could have been like uh, oh uh, depression, depression fucking the
0: guy cry me a river I'm fucked. I'll just go bankrupt. I'll roll over and yeah. die. My biggest goal in life will be go to the fridge and get a fucking two liter <laughs> bottle of Pepsi to skull. And you, preacher, you can't fucking beat somebody who doesn't quit. Yeah. If you're in the fight, you're in the fight. Yeah. So like, don't roll over. Don't fucking oh, why is me? No one cares. I'm sorry. I know we're really no one cares about your fucking pity party. Yeah. We've all got shit going on. Billionaire, millionaire, broke, everyday mum and dad. No one actually cares. Yeah. But you should care about yourself. Love yourself. Work on yourself. Invest in yourself. Because the only thing that will pay dividends is your fucking self. Yeah.
1: So you just went into your own mind and you were like, I'm going to like, you look, what's a problem people have? And you started a business from that point. You Little, didn't, you didn't just go, how can I save money or how can we stop spending? You were like, how can we solve big fucking problems? Yeah.
0: It, it helped that I had 10 year background in banking, obviously. Yeah. So I had some knowledge but
1: I think everyone's got experience in something. Correct. And and that's what people tend to go into businesses to do because they're like, well, fuck, I'm really good at like the business we're starting now because we're both really good at social media and podcasting. We're yep. people blow up podcasting. we like, we're really good at this. How can we solve problems for other people who suck at it? Correct. What do you think stops people from actually getting into that part of their head? to uh, Talking to that.
0: We're all in our own heads, right? And I say, if you're in your head, you're dead. Like if you don't give up and you don't quit, you've got to know. Everyone has got an idea or a concept, Right. Did you think 10 years ago you'd be speaking on stage just to 5,000 people in a room, no jumping way. up and down, fist pumping, going, fuck yeah, Morgan, you've helped me completely change my mind today? No way. No way. Did I think of Richard Branson, Gary Vee, Grant Card, you know, Tony, no fucking way, not this chubby little house, though. Like, <laughs> we get in the way of our own shit, and you know what, society's got a lot to answer for this, lamestream media and society. I, I call it the king of the barbecue mafia. Yeah. Right. Toothless Timmy, head chef. He's on the VB tinnies He's flipping the snags. He knows boats. Well, I drive a Hilux because they're unbreakable. Unbreakable. Sorry. It's <laughs> so, like, well, how do? Oh, I just, I just know. And then we trust Timmy. Mm-hmm. Now, even if you don't listen to Timmy, some of what Timmy said is tattooed in your subconscious. Yeah. And then the next time you hear Tiffany say it, now you're getting this reassurance that oh, I drive Hiluxes. They're the best car. Not an ad for Toyota, by the way, but what's wrong with a Ford or a V-Dub or whatever, right? You get in your head and you're actually absorbing all the noise around you. And you keep absorbing all this stuff that says, go to school, get a good education, get a good job, blah, 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 blah. Why don't we teach kids about business and entrepreneurship? Why don't we teach them to find their passion? In the same token, there's people that have got a lot of passion that don't know how to fucking monetize it. Yeah. So sometimes those people need to get a job respectfully and that's okay too. But if you do one thing really well for long enough and you stick to it, you will become successful. Mm-hmm. These days I look at resumes for job application. Fuck, they've had 10 jobs in two years. Yeah. Like stick to something, do your time, do your apprenticeship and you'll actually become successful at something. You'll become experienced. You might become an expert. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Well, imagine if that happened. Imagine if we all did something for more than six minutes or six seconds and actually dove into it and become passionate about and actually did the time instead of going, I just want to drive a Ferrari next week. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to drive a Ferrari, but I, he's got a Ferrari. Cool. Go ask him. Go ask him. Success Go, leaves clues.
1: I heard Grant Cardone say one time it was fucking great. He goes, I've had people come up to me and ask me, how much did you pay for the jet? And He goes, it's a dumb question. If you have a chance to talk to someone who owns a fucking jet, don't ask them how much you bought it for. How ask, did you get it? Ask them, what did you have to do? Yeah, what did you have to do? How did jet.
0: you get it? Exactly. Like it And we be- all know that he bought the jet because he had to pay it to the Fed anyway. He didn't <laughs> want to pay the fucking tax. I think he
1: wrote the whole thing off. Didn't yeah, he? yeah,
0: hundred instant asset write-off. <laughs> and that's the thing. Don't ask him how much the jet costs because if you've got to ask, you can't afford it. Yeah. If you're shopping for something and you're looking for the price tag, you can't afford it. But if you spend three years of your life like most people are not prepared to, You can spend the rest of your life however the fuck Mm. you want. And we literally did that. We spent three years not eating out, just working on ourselves, investing in mentoring, coaching, training, exercising twice a day. We just spent the time on us Mm -hmm. and what we knew we were lacking. And that then monetized into a business because we were able to try, test and measure proof of concept. And we got really passionate about it because it changed our lives.
1: I freaking love that. Before we start recording, I haven't talked about it much here, but you were talking about budgeting, mm. right? Because one of the biggest things you get your people to do is actually get really clear on a budget, but you say it's got such a dirty word, like dirty... Uh, yeah, stigma, dirty I connotation.
0: Guess. People think budgeting means you eat mint six ways or, you know, two-minute noodles, seven different ways. Oh, the meagerings are a treat instead of the home brand noodle. Oh, magic noodles. Yeah. You know, like, budgeting isn't dirty. It's, it's literally, if you get out of bed in the morning, you go, I'm got to go to work today. You know what time to get up. You know what you should wear. You know which direction you drive to your place of work, you have a plan. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. Whether you believe it or not, or know it, you do subconsciously. So when you get paid each week, why the fuck do you just tap your card until it runs out? Yeah. So a budget really effectively is just like getting up to go to work in the morning. I know I reverse out of the driveway, I turn left, I take the motorway, I get it's just like a route to work. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a map. And if you're just going to frivolously tap taparoo, it's going to feel like you live in a zoo. It's going to be fucking crazy. Yeah. So having a budget, like this amount of money goes to in- lifestyle, this amount of money for rent, mortgage bills, having a financial plan is the key. So if you label it, you can work with it. Okay. I've got financial problems. Well, if I can actually sit down and go, let's have a look at what I spent on my statement on NetBank the last 30 days. Shit. Lots of Guzman Gomez. Love a Cali burrito. A job, love man. a Mexican cop. Shit. lot of sushi. Yeah. You add it all up and go, "Oh, 35% of my income went on takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I'm fed away to a small block of flats, but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. So once you start diving into stuff, you can actually break it down. Then the biggest hurdle is being fucking honest with yourself. Yeah, It's one thing to know that you spent 35% of your money on takeaway food, but some people don't give a fuck. And the moment you break it and go, that's probably not good for me, and you know what? I could have put that money into stocks. I could be saving a deposit for a home. I could have bought cryptocurrency. I could have bought art, whatever floats your boat, right? But you spend it on food. A mm-hmm. bit of instant gratification. That's what we're lacking, delayed gratification.
1: So you're talking about really budgeting, getting really clear. How does somebody, because a lot of you know success coaches out there talking about millionaire manifesting, blah, 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 blah right? Abundant mindset. We can have two ways of thinking. Be abundant mindset or scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. Isn't budgeting and really
0: counting all your dollars more on the scarce way of thinking? So this is the problem. It's not. It's contrarian. So budgeting is making a plan. So that we, here's the problem. Most of what I teach is contrarian. And I'm either loved or hated. But my clients' results do the talking. Yeah, It's quite contrarian. Budgeting isn't scarcity. Budgeting is actually planning. It's abundance. It's planning for abundance, right? Where people hear the word budget and they think instantly, restriction. Diet, restriction. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Calorie deficit. They think financial deficit. But it's actually not. We automatically go to a place of negativity because all of a sudden you're saying no more instant gratification. What we're saying is instant gratification but planned out. So you can buy one coffee a day, not three. So that's not scarcity. You're still enjoying yeah. a purchase coffee per day, right? You're not stuck on the bloody Nescafe, bloody granular stuff. You can still buy a mocha chocolate latte in the morning and a croissant if you want to. But we instantly in Australia go to a place of restriction. So, straight away, I'm never going to have a budget. That means I've got to go without. No, nah, you can do whatever you like. It's your budget. You create it. But do you want to create something that achieves abundance? I'll tell you, this, put it this way if you don't create a budget, you will live in scarcity for the rest of your fucking life. You're always counting. Well, you're not even counting. Waiting for the money to come in. There's nothing back in. to count. Yeah. <laughs> you're on credit card, personal loan, overdraft, more bills waiting to be paid than you've got income coming in. Yeah. So, fuck it. I'm in the club popping bottles tonight at Cali Beach for the local Goldie influencers, right? And they're living on hock. Oh, so true. And then we've got the coaches. <laughs> don't you, you mentioned coaches. <laughs> yeah. Abundance and skip. Fuck. I don't know if we want to go down that rabbit hole. I mean, coaches. All right. I'm a financial coach. Yeah. But I put on my podcast and not publicly on my YouTube channel recently how my wife and I made $1 million in property locally here on the Gold Coast, just in the local market, in 12 months. The addresses, the purchase prices, the current values, the income, fully disclosed. I believe if I'm a coach, I should share my my route to success. Like Grant with the jet. Don't waste your one fucking question on how much. Oh, $150 million. How did you get that? What did you have to do? Mm. All good coaches should be able to share the roadmap. And if they haven't walked the map or driven the map, they ain't a fucking coach. Listen in here. All talk, right, red like, hot chip.
1: It is a massive problem, especially on the Gold Coast, right? Because <laughs> every is a coach now, but I talk about there's three levels of learning. And the first one is knowing information. Like, let's say people can listen to this podcast and then work away and say, oh, now I know information, you got a budget. Mm. They know it. The second level is understanding. Think of, like, professors. This is what just I challenge people. I'm like, if you want to learn business... What sense does it make to go to a university and learn business from a professor who has a job? Mm. Makes no fucking sense. But that's the second level learning. That's where a lot of people get to. That's the
0: theory. It's not the practical. And they can
1: regurgitate it. And that's the point we have. People go read books and they think, I'm doing the work. I'm woke. I'm conscious. Whatever. And they regurgitate information. They got no fucking idea. But the third level is what's... Every single person I bring on the podcast at the third level, and I'm so, I vet people who come on because they have to be embodied in the shit they actually talk about.
0: This is the practical application. The results. If you ain't doing it, I ain't listen, if you ain't practice what you preach, you're not getting a fucking conversation with me. Yeah. I've got one recently with somebody, and I won't say who in case they watch this. They've invested in, I'll throw a couple of things out there. Water, makeup, a lot of multi-level marketing things. Good, bad, or indifferent, Right. But they are in multi-level marketing businesses, and that's great. Now, it takes a very long time and a lot of hard work to achieve true financial success from any business, regardless of what it is. But if you're outlaying something in a business, a forced outlay, a cost of doing business, you need to make sure there's a return on investment. Yep. And if you don't know how to achieve that ROI, you shouldn't be in business. And they don't view some of those things as business. But these coaches, experts, gurus... Show me exactly what you own. Show me how you achieved it. Or share with me, I don't know, a property guru like me. I do a lot of property these days, not just finance. I show people 10, 20, 30 properties I own, what I paid for them, what they're worth, what they return. No problem. Oh, you can't show people that. What if someone sued you? Or what about your privacy? And I'm like, for what? If you're fucking good at what you do, they'll copy (laughs) you. And you know what? They'll pay you to learn from you because you do what you (laughs) teach. You practice what you preach. But, Everyone has got a ticket. You know, I can go be a real estate agent in three, four days mm-hmm. doing a course. It doesn't mean I understand anything about real estate. I can become a finance broker in five days and do a certificate four and maybe do a few more days and do a diploma. These days I could go and study NLP, and be certified in NLP. I could be business coach, life coach. I mean, life coach. Fuck, I know that many people that are a life coach with a Facebook funnel and they live in their parents' garage i get it you've had a life event and you're starting again but you're not a fucking coach because your shit isn't in order yeah no, so no, 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 i gotta i gotta got take yeah. a breath no, it's
1: back so and I, I talk about this a lot and it's funny because people are like are you a coach i'm like no <laughs> no 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 no. like i'm just i'm me mm. i'm me i created some epic shit in my life and i like i want to help other people do the same thing That's it. um but like if i'm gonna relate to anything it's like but anyway but uh, <laughs> we're both gonna bite our tongue yeah. right <laughs> What do you think about this, right? Every single person doing ice baths and then saying they're doing the work. And I was thinking about it the other day.
0: What work are they doing? Floating. <laughs> exactly right. I was oh, thinking I'm about confused. this the other
1: day because this I think is adding to the problem of weak. I'm not saying this to be sound bad, but weak-minded people. I'm not, mm. I don't know how the worse to use that. But th- I think this is what setting people up for a false representation of what it actually takes to develop real self-worth, grit and resilience. Because here's the thing, they go to a three-minute ice bath there's an ice bath coach mm. now, sitting next to him, tell him how to breathe, and they breath do breath work, oh, yeah, yeah. They do this thing, and I've done ice baths actually way before they were fucking cool, mm. and health benefits and all this great stuff. But I've never once done it to go, oh, now I'm doing the hard work. I'm real strong minded, and I put on my story yesterday. I said, unpopular opinion. Ice bath doing an ice bath won't there's you can get a breakthrough without doing an ice bath. You know, and then I talked about I'm like, if you really want because the big problem these days, which I think, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, and mm. you see it, people not really amassing the wealth they want or going after things they want because they don't believe they're worth
0: it. They don't believe they deserve it.
1: So I say to people, I'm like, go and do shit that's worthy then. Yeah. And one day you'll wake up and be like, I fucking deserve it. Like things like so not ice baths, but go and do Fucking door knocking. Yeah. Get rejected by 99% of the people in a day and be able to have not lose any enthusiasm from failure to failure. Go start a business. Yeah. Go commit to a one-year
0: you know gym what? plan. Do you something. gonna. You know why? They're so scared of fucking failure. Failing, which makes no And rejection, sense. that's where the growth is. Yeah. Like, that's where you grow. When people pick on you, when people throw stones at you, when people pull you down, like, mm-hmm. when people attack you, because of your information or opinion or that's where in the growth lies. You
1: know, I'm getting a lot of hate. We've just had a few um, like Instagram videos go viral. Mm. And I was looking at it. Everybody's absolute fucking losers like throwing random shit. Because here's me. I get the two hour talk on stage and we've got a 60 second. Mm. So they're like, this makes no sense. Well, of course, it doesn't make a lot you of got sense. Got no you, you got no context yet. You've yeah. got no context and, and, and then, but they're writing all this shit. Why don't you say this and this? And then I'm just thinking, I'm like, I looked at it see a lot of other people that's what stops them from stepping up 100%. 100%. but i looked at it i'm like
0: yeah we're growing because mm.
1: now i've got new haters because all my last ones
0: started to really like me oh man you got to keep a book of haters i've got one <laughs> you
1: got it got it right but i was looking i'm like isn't this fantastic that i've got random people scream at me from the sidelines of life mm. but i'm the one in the game yeah But that thing, that there, you said... They haven't even got the
0: boots on. Yeah. They're they're not even a player on the bench. They're a spectator. Yeah. And they were just walking past, spending their money on a fucking sausage roll. They just (laughs) happened to see the game. Oh, what's this? And you know what's funny? You should do this. One, you don't have context. Two, you took the time to try to understand something that you didn't have context for, so you're fucking watching me. I got your attention. And not only did I get your attention... I created something inside of you to extract an opinion. Yeah. So I'm doing all right. Yeah. I love it. I, it's I love it.
1: It's just a perspective, right? And yeah. got, Like Grant Cardone says that a lot. He's like, hey, but you're talking about me, right? 100 He's like, hey, talking about me. Like, and it's, exactly. It's hilarious. So what do you think is number one investment?
0: I suggest people only invest, if they're, if they're looking at investment, one, number one investment, themselves, hands down. There is zero risk in investing in yourself and there's a fucking huge ROI. That is return on investment. Invest in yourself before anything else. People go, oh, I'm single, I'm there. You can't have a good relationship until you work on yourself. Invest in yourself, the right person will come. Invest in yourself, the right business opportunity will come, the right job, the right people will come into your life and the opportunities. Number one, yourself. We're talking investment, investment. Look, for me personally, I like property. I've got business associates that like stocks. I've got people that like crypto. I think that people, besides themselves, which is the number one, invest in things that make sense to you, mm-hmm. that have as little risk as possible. There's too many bad stories out there about people getting burnt. Look at
1: all the crypto shit. Now. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I I don't I don't like shit. I call it shitcoin. I had to put five grand in many many moons ago. It turned into ten. I took my five back. It turned into zero five grand I lost was free. I got to play. I was in the game. I played. I learned. I didn't like. I'm out. So I think people should play to their strengths. If you don't understand currency or stocks or don't do any of that. Just invest in yourself and find something that you can learn and understand. Mm. But number one, mate, yourself. Mm. For me personally, besides myself, property and health.
1: Yeah. The exact same answer as mine. I always say, invest yourself every single time because it's like my dad, old school, get a property, get a property, get a property. But I decided not to. Like I'm 29 now. And now we're looking at it. But as mm. a result, like I was saying before we start, like I put all my money back in my business this year. But now we'll do multiple seven figures next year because of that no property, no stock, no nothing would give me that
0: ROI. But that's your strategic decision. Yeah. Because you're playing the game. Yes. And you yeah. understand the game.
1: And then next year we'll get a few properties.
0: Correct. And yeah. the business will be energy a tool energy wagon <laughs> there you go but that'll be the tool to give the income yeah to so then buy more property or yep. put in more into stocks but first you've got to play the game and you've got to understand the game
1: there's so much chaos in the world right now people are talking recession there's wars mm. there's fake news there's crypto what's your opinion should people be looking into investing in stuff right now or should they be holding all their money or is it all irrelevant hey legends just before we wrap up this interview I want to ask you a question can you remember how you discovered this podcast Was it on Instagram, YouTube or a friend's social media somewhere? You see, somehow you got access to this and I know you've been getting a lot of value from it. Otherwise, you wouldn't keep listening to it, right? And I'm wondering if you'd like to team up with me and pay this forward so that we can make an impact in someone else's life too. Let me ask you, who do you know that could get a lot of value from listening to what it is you just listened to? You know, some of the greatest moments in my life is when people have come up to me and they've said, Thank you so much for sharing that information with me or talking about that particular subject as it's had a profound impact in my life. And I'd love for you to get that same feeling. So, go ahead and share this episode with one person that you know needs to hear this message today. And while you're at it, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe and leave us a 5-star written review and I may even be shouting you out on one of my future episodes. So, thank you again, Dream Nation. Now
0: let's finish up this episode. I signed seven contracts last week for properties in one week. So if that gives anybody insight, you know, there's classifications on what you call a sophisticated investor. So, you know, decent net wealth, income. I wasn't 2012. I was on the bones of my ass and I was broke. I was in debt nearly bankrupt. I spent three years without eating out, not on social media. I spent it on me, my lovely wife, our family and dearest friends and we built something. It took us three years to create some wealth. Mm -hmm. And for us, we put a deposit on an off-the-plan property. We studied it pretty hard. And by the time it was finished, it was worth a lot more. We unlocked that equity. We were able to put that equity into more property and into our business. So each to their own. But firstly, you've got to fucking do something. Do something. You've got to be in I – I don't condone gambling. You can't win lottery if you don't have a ticket. Yeah. You can't win at life if you're not playing the game.
1: Is money easy to get or is it hard?
0: So fucking easy. So easy. So, so easy.
1: Are you keeping up with like Andrew Tate? Are you familiar with?
0: A Little his? bit, yeah. The guy, yeah. It's very, I think people have got some interesting polarizing opinions on him.
1: He's an interesting dude. Same same thing. It's like you see his, he's good at fucking marketing. Mm, good right. At marketing. He puts out, you know, well, he doesn't actually put out. That's what's even, <laughs> but there's a tiny snippet of him saying like real bad shit but then you listen to the whole podcast it's actually i actually agree on what you said there but he was saying the other day i found it so interesting and a really good way to think about it he's like there is money fucking everywhere because when he grew up and i'm just using him as an example mm. so we're talking about money right he grew up poor as in the uk no money mm. broke 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 broke, broke then start to see people with the ferrari and then ask the questions how do they get it mm. and i think it really comes down to that asking questions differently but then he goes to buy a new Bugatti which one of his Bugattis says 5.3 million. Right. Right. And he goes I call him up to go buy a new Bugatti. I give them money and they say it's a two year wait. Mm. And he's like who the fuck else has this money buying Bugattis? Yeah. And he goes at the top there's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. He's like, he's like when I want to buy this new watch this rare watch it's a six month wait. Yeah. it's so like they're backlogged of everyone else fucking buying one. Yeah. But when you're not there, it's like, oh, there's no money, do you know, no money. Do you know
0: what, Morgan, that's not backlogged? What? Going into Nike to get a pair of shoes. <laughs> do you know what else is in backlog? Burritos. Burritos. Cali burritos. Big supply, not much demand. Well, there's a lot of demand, but it's a, like, uh, I don't know him that well. I haven't followed him that. But, yeah. but your point is right. Like, if I want to go and buy a nice watch, I'm doing well. They'll tell you a two-year wait on some watches. At the G-Wagon. G-Wagon we're talking, we're talking about, right? Want to go buy that new? It was a three, four-year wait. Yeah. They didn- You couldn't even make an order for a year. Now they've re-released them they're a hundred grand dearer. There's a lot of people at the top, right? When I say the top, it's not the top. It goes even bigger than that. Mm. Right? So there's a lot of money on the planet, okay? Especially now we've been printing so fucking much. Don't get me started on that, right? <laughs> Through COVID. But there's a lot of money in the world. Yeah. Some people are not risk takers. Some people are risk adverse. They're going to be very happy in a job. They collect their paycheck. They're beautiful human beings. I've got them as family and friends. I respect you. I love you. That's cool. But there's a lot of people out there that want more. Mm -hmm. And if you want it, it's there. But you're going to have to have a crack. Yeah. And you're going to have to really prioritize. Like, what do you do with every minute of every day if you chunk it down? What do you, how much time do you spend in the metaverse on your bloody phone scrolling socials for irrelevant shit how many podcasts do you listen to? How many books do you read?
1: should just be one podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, just one, right? Maybe two. Just saying.
1: There
0: you go. Like, what are you doing with your time? Yeah. I, I always tell people to work out their hourly rate.
1: Yeah, how did they do that?
0: So firstly, work out – so say, let's just make it up at the moment. Say you earn 500 bucks a week and you work five days a week, you're worth 100 bucks a day. If you work 10 hours a day, you're worth 10 bucks an hour. I always tell people, like, break it down. But then I say to people, now, that's what you, your hourly rate is now. So they
1: work out their, their actual hourly rate. Yeah, so job.
0: whatever you earn, you get in the bank account, your net pay, what's your hourly rate? Then I ask them to work out their dream. What would you like to earn? Oh, a million dollars. All right? Whatever it is, work out what you want to earn in a year, then work that by how many hours you want to work. You want to do a 38-hour week? That's cute. I remember my first part-time job, st- stocking shelves at Big Dubs. <laughs> All right? 38 hours isn't normal anymore. Yeah. I don't yeah. work... Sometimes work 60, 70, 80 hours in a week. You know, I had an accident last year. So at the moment, I only work a couple of days a week doing podcasts and educational call. I'm not on the tools as much, but I'm blessed and fortunate. Yeah. I put myself in a position over a couple of years. I don't have to work six, seven days a week. Yeah. People aren't prepared to do the work. But work out what you want to earn. Break it down to how many hours you want to work each week. That's your hourly rate. Now fucking go get it.
1: <laughs> that honestly... When I worked that out, that exact equation, I want to ask you how you did it. Cause it's the same as what I did a few years ago. That's what made me get someone to start doing, cook my meals for me. 100%. Made me, I haven't cleaned the house in a long
0: fucking time. I, I have a cleaner. Uh-huh. I have a personal assistant as well as an executive assistant. So in yep. my personal life, I, if I'm going away for business, they pack my luggage. They pack yep. my clothes. They know what I wear. My hourly rate isn't best served packing a suitcase. Yeah. Now, that sounds might sound facetious to some people, but I'm a busy executive, yep. right? I've got shit going on all over the country and globally. I don't clean the house. Now, for other people go, fuck, that's a luxury, you fucking fat, rich, wanker, whatever. I did the fucking work, mm-hmm. and I was nearly bankrupt 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. They can do the work just like you. It's not best for you to be cooking your meals. You can buy them or somebody can make them for you, and that's called an economy. Yeah. If everyone's paying attention, it's called an economy. Right now, all of your listeners could go and create a whole extra income stream in as little as a couple of hours a day. I'll give you a really good example. I'll post it on my socials tomorrow if anyone stalks me out. I've got a family right now. They bought an acreage property. The kids are going around and grabbing logs off the property. Mm -hmm. There's a 15-year-old, 12-year-old, and a 9-year-old, I think it's roughly. And these kids are taking the logs, cutting two holes in them, putting a tea light candle in one and a cactus in the other. They made $600 cash money from dead logs, right, from their home at a market last weekend on Saturday. And
1: was it just like a little...
0: Just thing? a little log. They cut it, made it look pretty, tidy, and they put a cut in the bottom so it sits nice on the wow. tea light candle and a cactus. They're selling them for 22 bucks, 18 bucks depending on the size of the log. Two cacti, three cacti. That's young teenage mm-hmm. kids, Yeah. Then one of the other kids in the family goes, I'm going to do space food. So he did snap, frozen, candle, appy ap, candy, apple in the freezer, all these cool things, right? These kids are literally creating businesses out of nothing. Yeah, Nothing. And they're, fuck, one of them's not even a teenager. So what's your excuse? Hello. I'm not trying to be facetious here, guys, and I know we all go through People shit in it. life, but... Sometimes we've got to cut the woke shit yeah. and go, how bad do you want it? Because if you want it really bad, you'll get off your ass and you'll have a crack. Yeah. But be, be, be prepared to lose. Because I've never made a mistake in my life, but I've, made, I've learned a fuckload of lessons. It's only a mistake if I do it twice. <laughs> if I do it twice, it's a mistake and I'm an idiot. But if something happens and I learn and grow from it, that's where the growth is, the pain. Yeah. The, the, I don't call them mistakes, they're lessons. And if kids can go make 600 bucks on a Saturday with logs in their property, I don't know what anyone else's excuse is. And they don't have to do it. Mum and dad are paying the bills. So for a kid to get that at that age, those kids are going to crush it in life.
1: When you were saying about the personal assistant does all this, probably not to the extent, but were you spending that money before you could really afford it? Or did you make the money and then start outsourcing
0: I was a bit of a, I used to wear it as a badge of honor. I work harder than anyone else. No one works the hours I do. I was one of those guys, all the gear, no idea. You know, wore it as a badge of honor that I worked so hard and so long. It took me quite a lot of coaching and mentoring, and I'm talking hundreds of thousands, if not over a million dollars in coaching and mentoring and learning, to actually realize that I needed to let go. Yeah. You know, I really needed to let go. Like I'd walk into the office and go, fuck, there's flowers at reception. Who approved that shit? Like I was pretty CDO, like I yeah, said it I down guess. to the mic. Like, I realized I had to let go. And the moment I let go, I truly flourished. Yeah. Because a lot of these things weren't my skill set. Yeah. And there's so many business owners out there or people in jobs, entrepreneurs, they're trying to do everything. And they're the jack of all trades, but master of none. Sometimes you just gotta stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. So I did it too late, to be honest. So everyone that's listening that does have a business or is entrepreneur. The quicker you can outsource things, outsource your social media to someone like yourself or your podcast. Go and get help from an expert. Because the time and money you will burn trying to figure it out yourself will not give you an ROI. It'll lose your money. Yeah. Coming to someone like yourself who's an expert in that field, you execute and they'll have something up online tomorrow.
1: I, I look at every area in my life, like we're moving house next week. My partner's just kind of started out personal when
0: she started dating me because she had no option.
1: (laughs) Right? Right? She's like, her first event was all my events. How long did
0: it take you to say yes? Because I got a good, I say persistence beats resistance. I asked my wife out for six months. No, no. And I'm like, I'll get you. I'll get you. If you want something bad enough, six months I persevered. She finally crumbled. I don't know why. When
1: was about th- two or three months, I've shared this story actually on the last podcast. It's fucking hilarious. And at my event, I share it and I teach. Because it's literally how you do one thing, it's how you do everything. I'm like, mm-hmm. I had a strategy on how I got her.
0: Right. And Does she remember, know this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I didn't it.
1: tell her I was sharing the story. <laughs> and then at the last three-day event, I tied it into all this content and made it a big like teaching point. It was funny. As, and she's sitting at the back just in tears laughing. And then she's like, I had no idea we to share that. But, um so continually we we keep uh challenging each other i guess because she's really she's more frugal i'm i'm a spender i like i spend right. she's really good at saving so it's sometimes i'm Yin like and yang. yeah i'm like i want to do this and she's like no i need to save and i'm like so the other day when we're moving house and we're moving out of a fucking apartment building into another apartment building There's not, not a chance in hell i'm lucky to even put some shit in a box oh and I'm yeah. like i don't know do the thing she's like no let's just do it ourselves hire hired truck not a fucking chance! I'm doing that. That's mm-hmm. gonna take not only probably gonna take three times as long what you as what gonna they could.
0: Break. Do. Yeah. How are you gonna you're gonna be exhausted for one fuck two that. weeks it You might hurt yourself.
1: All this stuff, but then she's like, "Yeah, but it's like you know, because they're like 200 bucks an hour." She's so like, "Yeah, but fuck that! Like legit, they even if they take like five hours and I spend a thousand dollars on them, mm. I could make one phone call. Yesterday, I had I did an hour of phone call and made." We do like over 40K in sales in an hour. And I'm like, that's the difference. Mm. Me behind a call versus packing fucking boxes and moving shit.
0: But respectfully too, that's a different mindset. Yeah. That's all. You're different. You're unique human beings. That's
1: what I'm saying. But I do that. I've done that even before. So people hear that now. It's like, oh, I'll be doing that now. But I remember years ago, I would still go, I'm worth more money Mm. than I can get someone to do this for $30 an hour. I'm worth $500 an hour. I'm not making it yet. But I know I'm going to value myself at that, and soon mm. I will be paid that. And now I'll I waited
0: too it. long to do that. I learned that lesson too late in my journey. I wish I learned it early. So good, yeah. I, I wish I learned it earlier. Now there's a fine line. Some people spend money frivolous, frivolously yeah. and they're not making it in return. But if you're confident, or you know you're making it in return. I, I'd say do it. Outsource earlier. Yeah, I should have done it way earlier in my journey.
1: And that that way of thinking actually helped me. I used to be like a mad party animal. Like whenever I'd drink, mm-hmm. I'd stop two days later. And yeah. And what made me stop thinking, uh, stop drinking so much was I worked out how much I'm worth per day. So I'm like, what's my ultimate goal? And it was, it was like 100K. So I like, I was wanting to do 5.2 million in a year. Yeah. Right? That was like the big goal. And I'm like, so it's about 100K a week, about 15K a day. So now I go, okay, if I get wasted and I'm hungover
0: for a day, it's mm-hmm. worth 15K.
1: Now I'm older. We're talking thirty thousand dollars. One
0: glass ads. of wine. <laughs> that's it. Stop. But
1: it's like it's like two day hangover, legit mm-hmm. if I go hard. So now I, I have different question before I drink. It's like, is this night worth thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars? And if it's not, like, let's say you know when Reese's wedding is coming up this year, maybe that great night would be. Perhaps if we're all yeah. in Bali and stuff. But its I tell you what, it's not a fucking night at Cali Beach Club for no reason. Hell and no. The, but that way of thinking made me stop going, it's not worth having more than two drinks.
0: I've watched some people when I was living in Sydney at Ivy Pool Bar in the mm-hmm. city. Very fancy, exclusive, wank wank. Cali Beach is one thing. I've watched some people drop hundreds <laughs> of thousands of dollars in the city. Okay. Hundreds of thousands of dollars on a few hours, four hours, five hours, six hours. And you learn in time, I've learned the hard way too, Yes, it's about moments, but you want to be in a state to remember the moment.
1: Yeah. I'm percent Man, this has been really fucking fun. We might even have to do a round two one. We day. might have to, yeah. We um, might have to get into it. Where can everybody find you, follow you, get access to everything you do and
0: Yeah, look, um, Graham Home, G R A E M E H O L M. I'm pretty active on my personal socials. They really are the business. Otherwise Infinity Group. Yeah, check us out on socials, and yeah, we can put some stuff in the show notes, et cetera. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, Infinity Group, Graeme Home, check us out. If you need help, do a lot of free education, you'll, you'll find me on socials mostly. I don't really do too much promotion these days. It's mostly referral. We got to ourselves to a really good position, but man, it's been fun. We might have to do a round two. I think so as well. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: i got one final question.
0: Ooh. Are you ready? Yeah, okay.
1: If you were to go back to your 18-year-old self and give Mm -hmm. 30 seconds of advice, what would it be?
0: Grow up. (laughs) First one would be grow up. I think grow up and focus on myself, invest in myself more, back myself and really cut the shit. Like I wish if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't be in the club. I wouldn't be on the partying. I wouldn't be worried about the clothes. You know, these days, black shirt, pair of jeans, no decision fatigue. i got a wardrobe full of black shirts and jeans. Boom, on, done, happy days, off we go. So, I, you know, I would have invested in myself more. I would have backed myself more. And I would have actually stopped a bit more to celebrate the wins, but different sort of wins. You know, yeah, you might think it's cool to go to the club and pop bottles and shout everyone and be a people pleaser and hang out with all your mates and carry on. They're not moments and memories you'll really remember. But quality time, family, friends, experiences, learnings, those things you'll never forget. And they're the things that if I was on my deathbed today, there's probably some regrets. I wish I had more of those moments than the moments I don't really remember.
1: Thank you so much for listening. And if you got value from this episode, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 20 seconds of your time, leave me a five-star rating and written review, then screenshot this episode and share it to your story. And make sure you tag me for that shout out. And until next time, guys, go out there and dream out loud.